Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome indeed. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to a new year. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to a new coronavirus variant. Just all the welcomes. Uh, How are you today? You alright? Yeah. Uh, I've had a nice long break over Christmas and I was dragged kicking and screaming back to work yesterday but it wasn't too bad actually and uh, today I've had a very long meeting but yeah I had a really nice Christmas um, went back to see my family um, after last year obviously not seeing them for Christmas that was really nice yeah I had a really really lovely Christmas um, I know I know what the answer to this is going to be but how was your Christmas? <laughs> very boring um, as listeners may may know if you listen to our last episode uh which was well not our last episode of the year but the last one we recorded of the year which was bully um i managed to pick up covid the week before christmas so i was uh i was grounded from the 20th of december to the 28th i think i finally got out so i spent christmas day uh on my own it was all right though i live on my own anyway so it wasn't really much of a difference. Just meant that my mum brought me Christmas dinner through the window, um, <laughs> posting turkey through the letterbox. But it was all right. Um, and then just a quiet New Year. Just back to work on the fourth, I think it was. And now it's just back to normal. But yeah, it was all right. It's, it's nice to have a bit of time off and just uh, unwind. I think, isn't it? Does it rank as one of your worst Christmases ever? No, I don't think so. I think. One that always sticks in my mind as... It wasn't a bad Christmas, but it was just a bad morning. I think it was the first year I'd moved out. Before I went to uni, I lived in a flat on my own. It was a really nice flat above a theatre. And we used to have a... Uh, we used to have a tradition in my group of friends that we always used to go out on New Year's... Uh, sorry, New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve. And always managed to ruin my Christmas day by doing so. Um was often very hungover Christmas day. And I remember waking up Christmas day when probably when I was about... 19 or 20 in my flat and I went into my living room and there were just like kebab papers just like strewn all over the floor and this was before I could drive so I was waiting for my mum to come and pick me up and I just remember sitting there on Christmas morning with kebab wrappers all over the floor watching the Jeremy Kyle show (laughs) brilliant that's that's hashtag broken Britain for you Uh, yeah so I yeah. think it would take a lot to top that. I mean, if I if I ever have to watch Jeremy Kyle on Christmas morning again, I think probably I'll need to, an intervention, maybe have a call to the Samaritans. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, this year was all right. It was fine. I just didn't do much, which is nice. And now I'm better. So, yeah, yeah managed almost two years avoiding COVID and then got struck down by going to see Spider-Man at the theatre. Theatre? Cinema? Yeah. But bad, what can you bad do? Bad timing, isn't it? It is, but as they say on the internet, it is what it is. So we the thought show must go on. It must, and we thought we'd uh, we'd kickstart this year with a bit of a fun game. It was a game that recently re-released on the Nintendo Switch to our 
delight would you say to our delight i didn't i didn't pick it up straight away i only got it for christmas actually mm. but um yeah i i i would say delight i would use that word now excellent so to our delight it was re-released on the nintendo switch a few months ago so today we're talking about super mario 3d world which originally came out in november of 2013 exclusively at the time on the wii u now obviously with this being a mario game it was developed and produced by nintendo it has a meta score of 93 and comes in at number 96 on our list so i only just managed Uh. to squeeze in there which some people might find surprising some people wouldn't so firstly what's your your history of this game because any long-time listeners will know that you're much more of uh, you've got much more of a background with Nintendo than I have. So what's your history with this one? Yeah. So I remember when you got the Wii U at uni. Yeah. So my my history generally with the Mario series is a bit spotty. I'm not I'm not necessarily the person that buys them all straight away. I've bought a few of them day one, but not all of them. I'm more of a Zelda person. But um, yeah, I did. Um, I, I bought the Wii U in 2013, I believe. Um, yeah, so it'd have been twenty, yeah, twenty thirteen, um, Christmas time. Got the Wii U for Christmas actually, and um, I got Mario Three D World with it, and I, I I brought my Wii U back to university with me, and I have very fond memories of playing Mario Three D World with my girlfriend, and we went through the whole campaign, spent quite a few nights on it. So yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was a good time. I, I never never went back to it though, um, despite enjoying it and really enjoying the co-op on it. So this was it was a, a bit of nostalgia for us um, because we got the the Switch version this Christmas, and again we were just sitting there playing through in co-op, and um, yeah, it was it was quite the blast from the past. How about you? I, I remember when you got your Wii U. Because you kept trying to convince me that it was a really good console, and I was just like, "No, it's not. The controller looks stupid." And then you I bought just, a Wii U, didn't you? I did. I did eventually, but I, I, I just was not on the. I wasn't on the. I think the Wii U. It, I mean, the console itself. The console itself, I don't think was great, but it had some really good games on it. Yeah, it's a lot of them have now migrated to the Switch, which is good. But yeah, I, I think it was. I think that we could have. A conversation that could last an hour just on the Wii U itself because Nintendo really didn't market it very well and it's a shame because it was a good console and I think I picked up my Wii U in 2015 so it was when I was at drama school and I thought oh you know what I'm just going to get a Wii U and the primary reason that I wanted it is because I wanted it for Mario Kart's and I think Super Smash, because I had a 3DS at the time, and I wanted like a, a console version of those games. And I can't remember when it was that I got Super Mario 3D World, but it was one of those games that stuck with me a bit. And I mean, like I said before, I'm not a huge Mario fan. Like I'd never played Super Mario 64 or Sunshine or Galaxy until we did this podcast. So really, other than the side-scroller games and Super Mario Land that was on the Game Boy... I'd never really played very many like proper Mario games. So I wouldn't say this was my first, but it was my first really big one, I think. Yeah. And there's 
at the time, I wouldn't say so much anymore, but at the time there was a lot of mixed feelings about uh, 3D World. And I think possibly a lot of it is due to the fact that it was very similar to 3D Land that came out on the 3DS a, a year or two before. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I played this on the... Um, on the Wii, uh, on the Wii U on the Switch, this time round, um, I have ordered a Wii U for us to play Wind Waker. However, I've got a refund yes. for it today because the lady that posted it off eBay uh, somehow got lost in the post. So, right, happy days. But yeah, so how did you lose a Wii U in the post? Well, she messaged me and she was like, "Quite a few things that I posted over Christmas have gone missing." And I was like, "Oh, right, fantastic." Um, so I, I also played this on the Switch uh, this time round, partially on my original Switch, but about five days ago I, I updated and upgraded and I've got a Switch OLED now like you. So oh, I, I did it. the second half of the game on the OLED, which, um, stark comparison to be fair, from going and playing it on the yeah. original and then the, the OLED, it was good. Surprisingly good, isn't it? Surprisingly different. Yeah, big time. Um, I'd like, I recommend... I'd, uh, if I'd recommend it if you're a new buyer of the Switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buy yeah. The Switch, get the OLED. Yeah, it's probably not yeah. worth up updating and upgrading if you've already got a unless, Switch that works unless perfectly you're like well. Us, yeah, probably not worth. Unless you're like me, if you've already got one. Yeah, unless you're like me, who's incapable of actually having money and just spends it on things that he doesn't need. But well, this is my third Switch that I've had now. It's too many Switches. Too many switches. We've both played the Switch version, so it's 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 a Mario game, isn't it? It's, it's, they're all very much the same. But do you want to explain the plot briefly of, of what little there is? There are six fairy things. I don't know what they are, but they're fairy like. Good description. Things. Basically, Bowser comes along, puts them all in bottles, and you have to go through the six worlds plus Bowser World plus. Bowser's Funland, and uh, save the six fairies, and that's about all she wrote. Yeah, that's it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a very basic plot, but I think with this game, when it first came out, there was a really big push on celebrating Mario. Because I'm not sure. I think was it 1983 the original Mario came out. I think um, it... Mario is now. I don't know how old it is now, but it did celebrate within the last few years it's 35th birthday so i think that this game came out as its 30th anniversary and i also right. remember 2013 being the year of luigi because there was a lot of yes. um luigi stuff in this game there was but, luigi U. yeah and you know you, you had a uh, haunted luigi's haunted house or whatever it was around the same time as well luigi's there was a, there was a big push on luigi at the time and the interesting thing with this game is it pulls in a lot of tropes from other Mario games. So you firstly the, the big thing that I think is worth noting is the choice of four characters which I don't think had been seen in a Mario game since Super Mario 2 which was on the NES but in particular the American version of Mario 2. Do you, do, you, do you know the story of Mario 2 and the different versions? Not really, no. Here's a history lesson for you. When yeah. Super Mario came out in the early 80s on the NES, everyone loved it. Massive success, saved the video game industry. Nintendo rode off into the sunset. 
following that, Miyamoto wanted to make a, make a sequel, so he did, and it was released in Japan, and again, big success, but it wasn't released in the West straight away, and it was then sent over to a games tester in America who played it, and he was like, what the hell is this? It's the exact same format, exact same look as Mario 1, except it was 50 times harder. It was a really, really difficult game. They really upped the difficulty on it. So this guy went back to to Nintendo and Miyamoto and said, this won't do well in America, it's too hard. Um, People over here, they just won't, won't enjoy it. So at the same time, there was another company in Japan that were developing a game called Doki Doki Panic. And what they did at the last minute before this game was released was they basically asset flipped it. So all of the characters that were in it, there were four characters, they switched them out for Mario, Luigi, Toad and Princess Peach. And they effectively released Mario 2 as a reasseted flip of Doki Doki Panic, which is why Mario 2 is so different from all of the other Mario games that were of that time. You know, that there was no... I don't think there was a Bowser in Mario 2. There was like a massive frog that you had to kill and it was the first inclusion of Birdo and quite a lot of weird stuff in that game. And it was because it was originally not a Mario game and it was only when the um, the All-Stars pack, I think, came out in the early 90s on the SNES that Americans and people in the West and Europe had access to the original Super Mario 2 that was released in Japan and it was called Super Mario 2 The Lost Levels because it had never been released over here. So my reason for this tangent is because Mario 3D World takes the thing that Mario 2, the American version, brought into the the series, which was choosing your characters. You can choose Mario, Luigi, Peach and Toad in this game. I think... um... I think Mario 64 DS had the options to play as four characters as well. Yeah, you could play as Mario, Wario, Luigi. Yoshi, and Luigi? Yeah, Yoshi. I think it was Luigi, because you were saving Peach, weren't you? So. Yeah, because th- th- there was all this... Um, there are all these conspiracy theories about Mario 64 that if you managed to get enough stars and do X, Y, and Z, you could unlock... Luigi is a character, and I think Yoshi is located on the top of the castle in the N64 version. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. um, It's interesting because I'm not a a big Mario fan, but the amount of history and stuff that is with Mario, I find super engaging. Um, But another thing that 3D World took from previous Mario games was obviously the overworld, um, which I think you first saw in Mario Three, which was on the on the SNES, I think. Or was or was it no? It was the NES, wasn't it? Super Mario Three, and then it was Super Mario World that came out on the SNES in yeah. Early I always get confused between Mario, Mario Land, and Mario World. Yeah, lot, too too many Marios. But yeah. this game takes a lot from other Mario games and really celebrates the entire franchise, which I think is a reason why I like it so much. But I think that also might be a reason why a lot of other people don't like it. So. Before we go any further into like the history and the background of this game, we'll, we'll touch on gameplay as king. Now, we've done this a little bit out of order because usually what we try and do on this podcast is we try and do games in order of their 
their release and the last Mario yeah. game we did was Galaxy. So yeah. really we should be doing Galaxy 2. But it doesn't really matter as much with Mario games. And no. this game takes a lot from Galaxy and, you know, a lot of different gameplay elements, but overall do you think this game is fun? I think it's very fun. Uh, just to answer, I think I think I, I think a lot of people like this game, but I think the reason why it may have been maybe slightly disappointing on release to some people is people are always waiting for that new big revolutionary Mario game. Odyssey. So obviously you had sixty four, and you had Sunshine, which kind of was yeah. Galaxy, completely was. Galaxy 2 was a sequel, and people were wait, waiting for the next um, huge title of that in that vein. And it came with Odyssey, but uh, I think some people felt like Mario 3D World was was a bit of a stopgap. Yes. Um, but actually, it's a great game in its own right, and it, and it, it feels really great to play. Um, it's like a stopgap on a weird system. Exactly, yeah. And I think people wanted that title that would make them buy a Wii U, but it never really came um, until Breath of the Wild came out, but then it came out on Switch as well. Um, so that that's what I think the issue was with 3D World. But yeah, I, I do think it's a very, very fun game to play. Um, I, I, I couldn't really level many negatives against the gameplay. I think it's just a through and through fun game to play. Um, how about you? Yeah, it is tight, and I mean, I'm, I made no secret during our Galaxy episode that I'm not, and, and in my 64 episode, that I'm not a very good Mario player. I I think a lot of people have got, particularly people that grew up with Mario games, they have like a, a muscle memory of um, controlling Mario and how to do his really good jumps and stuff, which I've never really been able to do and I can't quite get my head around. And I know that they took out quite a few of his moves from previous games in this one, but... I did often find this game frustrating and when I get frustrated with Mario games it makes me even more frustrated because I always see Mario games as games for children so it makes me feel that as a 30 year old man I can't do a level that's made for a child but I also know that Mario games aren't just for children and you and me discussed the other day that there is quite a um, a sharp difficulty curve when you get to kind of the final two worlds yeah um but overall, it, it is a really fun game, and it's a really colourful game, and it's just a really feel-good experience, and they put a lot of effort into this game as well. It's a really... I think I think what I'm trying to say is it's obvious that this game was made with love. Yeah. Um, so, question for you, and, and just really just to express to the audience then. So how does this game differ from... Um, something like Galaxy, something like Mario 64. I mean, what what does this game do that's different? Because it is different in a few key ways, but yeah. um, are you able to express well, that? Every, I think every Mario game has its quirk, doesn't it? Mario 64 was obviously the first 3D Mario. Sunshine had the... Um, is it Splash? Flood. Flood, yeah. Uh, Sunshine had Flood. Galaxy introduced the whole galaxy thing um and i'm assuming galaxy 2 really grew on that with 3d world it was a it was a refinement um yes galaxy 2 but not yeah it was it was iterative rather than again revolutionary 3d world 
is the the the, the, the big implementation in this game is the cat suit and getting to play as Mario as a cat, which you know it's quite cool. I like cats. Mario as a cat is a good little power up. But I think with this game is it's just they bought in so many elements from so many different games. And that's what sets it aside because it really brings in so much different stuff that has worked well for them in the past. Does that make sense? I think the thing with Mario 3D World is the view. Um, You've not got this behind Mario view. Yeah. uh, Where you can see the world spreading out behind you. You've got this kind of isometric view um, of proceedings which which will trans- transition into 2D at times, and very occasionally you'll get that behind Mario view as well. Um, and you've got decent control of the camera, but sometimes the camera's locked. Um, and that really creates some interesting situations, and also it really tests your spatial awareness um, and your depth perception, um, which can be very interesting at times. Um, the other thing that this game does is gives you a time limit, so you've got these small worlds, these condensed worlds with three stars each and a stamp to collect. Yeah. And you have a time limit, which is always ticking down. And what that encourages is very arcadey, um, very quick play. And if you fail a level, you can just jump straight back in. And it's very good for those just quick play sessions. Um, so I think it... You, you look at something like Mario 64 with its, I'd say, generally speaking, broader levels which don't give you a time limit um, where you can go in any direction you want with the camera behind Mario. And it's quite different from that. Um, and it, and it, I think it scratches a different itch, which is very much that arcade style of things. And I think it does a really good job of that. Yeah, I think as well with this game... It, I... I don't know if it was the case in Galaxy and Galaxy. I don't remember it being a feature in Galaxy 2. We talk occasionally about accessibility. And I recall at the time this game came out, or maybe a few months afterwards, Jim Sterling doing a video about accessibility. Because this game is obviously for for adults and stuff, but it's also for kids. And we mentioned there's the difficulty curve in it. And if you die, I think it's three or four times on a level. I don't know if you ever ever experienced this with this game. Maybe you weren't as bad as I was, particularly in the final few levels. But you get the option at the I did, start. I did see it a couple of times. Yeah, the golden tanuki suit, which yeah. effectively makes you invincible. Not entirely. You can still fall down pits and fall in lava and stuff. But it just means that for people that are struggling with it, maybe people that have disabilities or children or or whoever, or people who are 30 years old that can't complete the game properly uh, and lose their temper, <laughs> it it can really help you get through it and experience use, the rest of the game. Did you use the golden snooky suit? I did on the final level before you get into Bowser's castle on the final mission, the one where... Is that the one with the rolling block? The rolling block. Honestly, I think I lost about 10 lives on that, and I was absolutely raging. I had to turn my switch off. Um because it wound me up so much. I was like, Becca was re- my, my girlfriend was really good at that. And uh, yeah, I think oh. um, it's it saved a lot of the frustration. Oh man, it wound me up so much. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good implementation, something like that in a game, because it just means that obviously back in the, 
the 80s and the 90s. It was the case if you couldn't do something, then that was it. You just stuck. And there are a lot of games. Cheat codes, if they were cheat codes. Oh, do you remember a good old cheat book that you used to get in the magazines and stuff? Yeah. Before they charged you four ninety nine to get a cheat or something ridiculous. I used to love those cheat books. Um, But yeah, I I wanted to give a little shout out to to the Gold Tanuki suit because it it just makes gaming a lot more inclusive. And I know that there is a, a fringe out there that will just be like, well, you just need to get good no just let people play games how they want to play them enjoy um, games at their own pace yeah precisely so what was your favourite move or what was your favourite aspect of this game I suppose well, one thing that because uh, you said a lot of moves have been removed and, and I think it's probably, probably pretty true in many ways but at the same time what what surprised me is actually there's a lot in there that I didn't realise initially and even up to the very final boss, I was discovering new moves. And so Mario's long jumps in there. I was using that all the time. I love Mario's long jump. But then there's a dive move that you can do. Um, if you jump, yeah. you hold the right trigger and you press the Y button, you can do this dive move. And you can also roll along the floor as well. And if you're in the Cat Mario suit, you can do the slide move along the floor. And traversal, just, just, just moving across the maps is a lot of fun. And there's nothing like um, having a big gap and having the way that the game not expects you to do because it's a Mario game and they, they know that people try and find shortcuts. But the way that was intended to be used and then you can just long jump past it, um, that's always great. So I think just using the long jump and landing a long jump, there's just nothing like it. It just feels so good. Yeah, the... the... I mean, like I said, I'm not very good at picking up on Mario's moves in these games. Um, it's just not something that I've ever been able to to get my hands to do on these Mario games. I just can't do it. But I agree with you that the traversal in this game is brilliant, particularly if you're using the cat suit. I think the cat suit is brilliant. And cat suit's great. It, it's obviously used to gain a lot of the the green stars that you need to progress uh, in like the high places or the places that you wouldn't maybe look like climbing up a wall that you wouldn't usually check but I'd agree with you in terms of the favourite move would be the traversal um, as well as the, the cat power up suit but as well I did really like the um, the cherry the cherries oh yeah they're interesting adding multiple Marios to the uh, to the party it was. Uh, they open up a lot of um, interesting puzzles, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting game. So, let's talk about the look and the sound of the game. Obviously, Mario games all look relatively similar, but what are your thoughts on the look and particularly the music in this game? I mean, they they released it on the Switch and it had a, a few very very minor enhancements, I think terms of image quality and stuff like that but i mean it looks identical to the wii u but that's not a criticism because it still looks great and i think it's just one of those timeless art styles if they release this again in 10 years on something else i think it would still look great it's just so colorful and it looks completely different from not only so many games out there today but so many other games on this list um it's just so it's just pleasing and joyful to look at and I'd say exactly the same about the music it's just a celebration it feels joyful and you'll get to the title menu and you'll 
want to hum along. It's just, yeah, it's really just a, a burst of joy. The music is very about. much um, like big bandy stuff, isn't it? It's got a, a really big jazz feel to it, which yeah. I believe, because I've not played it, but I believe they continued with Odyssey. Is that right? Yeah, Odyssey very much has that. And I, I really, really like the music in this game. And it was one of the things that I was looking forward to going back to with, with this after playing it on the Wii U a few years ago, just remembering how good and how colourful this game looks. And it's even the things that maybe you don't notice when you're playing it. Like on the main menu when you first turn it on and they're running around in the map and while you're waiting to press start. Things like uh, confetti and glitter flying around the place. There isn't some your eye would be drawn to, but you know it's there. And just things like that that really enhance the look and make make it really pop. And I mean, we're talking about the Wii U version of this, and I had the the insight as to playing this both on the the original Nintendo Switch and the OLED Switch, both in handheld mode. And the the difference between the OLED and the the original is it, pretty it's pretty stark. It is. It's. It's a really, really good-looking game, and I agree with you that in ten years, if they release this game again, it's uh, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna have aged just as well as something like Wind Waker probably has with the with the cell shaded graphics. It just looks good and it just works. It's timeless. Yeah. So yeah, and and oh, go on. You throw into that, you've got this fantastic animation. Everything animates really smoothly, buttery smooth, and then you add in the fact that it's a rock solid 60 frames per second and you just yeah you can't fault it from a presentation standpoint i don't think no it's it is standout and it surprises me that it is this low on the list whereas you've got other mario games included but we'll get into that in a minute i i don't know if you messed around with different characters that much um Obviously, you were playing it with um, with your girlfriend, and I assume you probably had your favourite characters. And this game throws in, you know, bits where you play as Captain Toad, uh, which completely limits your ability to jump and platform. It's just about navigating the space, you know, by walking around and finding yeah. finding routes. But who was your favourite character to play as? I was playing as Mario mainly um, a couple of times. I used Luigi, but I just find I'm so in tune with the way that Mario controls. It felt strange using anyone else. Mm. Um, my girlfriend was using Peach, and yeah, they, they were they were the main ones. And also, just just to note that um, Captain Toad's uh, mini games here, they spawned a whole game in yeah. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. So um, I, I quite like the Toad sections as well. They're they're a welcome break from the the platforming. You like Toad. You do a very good impression of Toad, uh, <laughs> which, which I won't ask you to do today. Um, but it, it certainly is something. <laughs> Look forward to that. If I if I, I may do it in future, um, I wouldn't say it's a good impression, but <laughs> amusing is the word. I I'd agree with that. Uh, but I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I played as Luigi a couple of times towards the end of the game, but I primarily played as Mario. And the 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 differences in the characters is the same as what was implemented first in Mario Two on the NES. Um, so obviously Mario is the all rounder. Luigi can jump really high and really far. Peach can float, I think. Um, yeah, she can float, which is really useful. For the Peach can float, and I think 
Toad is the fast one, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember what it was with Toad. He he he's my least favourite to play as in control though. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I don't vibe very well with Toad. So, you've kind of already answered the question of the week, but maybe you can add some context to it. My my question this week, and I mentioned it at the start of the podcast, and you've already gone into it a little bit, is particularly at the time, and I feel that this game has aged well in the past few years and has got a lot more fans. Um, it seems to have had a bit of a resurgence. And we, we've already said that maybe it was due to the fact it came out on a bit of a weird console and it maybe was a bit of a stopgap. But are, are there any other reasons why you think this game might be the Black Sheep uh, black sheep of the series? Um, I mean... You're talking about 3D Mario, and 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 there are just there, there are so many variations of 3D Mario. There's Mario 3D Land as well that's out there. Um, then you've got Mario Sunshine, which I would I would personally consider the black sheep of the the series. That's the one that many p- people say because it was supposed to be that big tentpole release for the GameCube, and in, and in some ways it was, but it was also a bit unfinished. Um, so that's the one that kind of slips way down and I'm not sure what the rating for that is on Metacritic but it's not as high as any of the rest it's the one I'd say mainline Mario game it's hard to say mainline but because there are so many Mario games and it's hard to say what's mainline and what's not but I would consider that one definitely a mainline game that missed the list um I think I I think it was uh, it it did pretty well at the time but I, I agree that it definitely wasn't necessarily that game that had people flocking to the Wii U. Do you, do you now, want the meta score for um, Sunshine? Yeah, what is that? What do you reckon it is? I still reckon 90s, low 90s. Mm-hmm, 92. Yeah. So, so, so only just so missed point, out. Yeah, point lower than, um, than 3D World. I mean... Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe eventually one day we'll look at we'll look at um, Mario Sunshine, and um, we, we don't know where the list is going after after this, but maybe at some point we will look at it and we can we can contrast and compare. But I think um, it's not my favorite Mario game that's on the list. There is one key Mario game that I haven't played, which lots of people do say is the best Mario game, which is Super Mario Galaxy Two. And I'm really, really looking forward to playing that. Um, I really like Mario Galaxy. I, generally speaking, I do prefer the the um, the Mario games that present the large worlds, have the camera behind Mario, and don't necessarily have the time limits, and you can just interact with them in your own way, um, at your own pace. But I do really appreciate what 3D World brings to the table, and it's just very different. And I think that's okay. And I think, I think to answer your question. I think people just started to come to terms and realise actually it's okay to be a bit different from that. Same with Wind Waker. Tempo release. Yeah, I think I'm not. I'm not. I like Wind Waker, but I don't love Wind Waker, so I'm probably not the best person to to speak on that. It's, pro- but, um, it's something that I haven't noted as well because you, you mentioned Galaxy there. Um, when you complete the game, you get access to I think it's four additional worlds: uh, Star World, and then a few others from there and I think if you complete the game 
within certain parameters, uh, you unlock Rosalina. Did you know that? Ah, that's cool. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know what her game style is, um, but I do know that she's a playable character. And if... Um, did you did you venture into the Star World after you completed the the main line? I we we're, we're going to keep playing this game, um, so we're going to eventually do uh, well do as many of the the so that the difficulty curve again rises with the big time uh, the the, the post game content and uh, yeah we're, uh, we're going to keep playing and hopefully do as many as we can. When you um, uh, when you go so up to yeah. the Star World, all of the surroundings in the Overworld is all of the um, the sprites from Galaxy. You know the things that you collect okay, with your finger. Cool. Yeah, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, cool. I think those worlds are a bit of a nice throwback to, to Galaxy. Yeah, I, th- I think it's okay for three D worlds to be different, and I think that's what people started to realise. Mm. And I mean, I will always prefer the gravity bending mechanics of of um, of Galaxy. I think y- you just don't see that in many other places. That kind of galaxy bending stuff, where you're actually the camera is upright, but you are upside down running around and you have to adjust to that. And it does some very interesting things with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, def- I mean, I don't want to come to our final question yet, but I think it has its place. Um, I, I think it could be higher on the list. I think there are, there, there are Mario games on the list that it's, it's better than I prefer it to, I think. But um, it wouldn't take the crown for me. No, that's fair enough. Well, you, you've you've kind of given your your overarching thoughts there, so I suppose the final question, like, what are your final thoughts on this? Um, I I just think if you if you see it for a good price, you've got a switch, especially. Well, this is the other thing as well. I don't think we've really touched on this enough, and I, I mentioned that I played it with my girlfriend. It's such a good game to play in co-op. There aren't that many games. I mean, you can play the whole three th- thing through. In co-op and it's a lot of fun at times you get frustrated with each other um, yeah it's just it's really fun to play um, so especially if you've got someone else to play with pick this game up and uh, if you've got any interest in the way it looks then pick it up and you'll have a good time with it if you don't like Mario or you don't like the look of it then obviously it's not gonna be for you that's okay too um, but yeah I'd, I'd recommend it I think it I think it belongs on the list um, maybe slightly higher. How yeah, I, for me, like I said, this was really my first big, big Mario game. I think, and anyone that's listened to our other Mario episodes knows that I really, really didn't like sixty four. Like I, I can't bear the thought of going back <laughs> to play that game again. Um, I really didn't enjoy it, but I can appreciate for what it did for Mario and for games in general. Galaxy, I thought was okay, but I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum to you that I'm not really into the whole galaxy bending, shooting from world to world. Yeah, I, I, I felt I felt it was a bit gimmicky, which it is because that's the entire shtick of the game, which is fine. But it, I just know that it wasn't for me. Whereas with 3D World, it's the case that you've got eight eight overall worlds without the extras, with each world having a theme, but having different style levels in them. And I just like that. It was just from level to level, it's going to be a little bit different, but you're not just stuck to the entire game jumping from universal to galaxy or to world to world. It was maybe there'll be a few gimmicks in a few levels, but overall 
there's a big variation, so you're not just stuck to one form of gameplay, which I think is why I liked it so much. For me, and we haven't played Galaxy 2 yet, which is on the list, which neither of us have played before, and we yeah. haven't played Odyssey yet, which I've not played before, and I know that Odyssey is is a really big game and it's a big deal. But for me, I think this game would take a lot of topping because I really enjoy this game. Frustrating and make, makes me feel stupid sometimes, but... I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think anything necessarily will top this one for you because it's just it, it is very different in pacing and style, and that's okay. And um, but obviously we'll see we'll see when we come to them. But um, it's just a very different game from both of those games, so it it deserves its place for its uniqueness. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I'd probably put it higher um, than where it is. I think ninety six is quite an unfair place for it. And it will be interesting to see, particularly when we do our our ranking of the last 50 games, what we do with Mario Galaxy 2 comparing it to Mario Galaxy 1. And yeah. it might be the case we ask the question, right, you have to get rid of one of them, which would it be? And That's going to be interesting because you've got iteration versus something that was completely new. Um, that would be a really interesting conversation, I think. Yeah, so Galaxy 2 will probably be our next Mario game, I imagine. Um if I manage to get a Wii U at some point and it doesn't get lost in the post. But alas, what's what's a boy to do? So I think really that, that wraps up our conversation on 3D World. Um, I really enjoyed this game. And same as you, I'd recommend it to people that haven't tried it before because it is fun and it's, it's something that you can just do a few levels of every evening or whatever and then walk away from. It's not a big time sink and it's not a big focus um stealer it's just something that you can play and have fun with and enjoy which is what nintendo is great at you know yeah it's also a very generous offering in terms of yes i mean it's, it costs a certain amount of money but there's a lot there for your money you've got all the worlds plus the four bonus worlds in mario 3d world and then you've got bowser's fury which is um a whole additional small game um which I haven't, I've not dipped into yet, but I've heard many good things about it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, if, if you're one of the people that's still got a Wii U and you've never played it, definitely worth picking up on there. But yeah, like you say, the the Switch version's got everything that you'd need. Um, so yeah, I think we both enjoyed that one. So what have we got coming up next time, please? Okay, so in the next week or two weeks, we haven't decided yet. Um, we're going to be playing Half-Life 2 Episode 1. Um, we decided to split these out um, because it is a, it's, a, it's a full release. Well, yeah, it is a release in its own right. And I think it's nice to break up the Half-Lifes. Um, and then probably in the final Half-Life episode, we'll do Half-Life 2 Episode 2 plus Team Fortress, a bit of playing of that as well. So yeah, ne- next time, um, within either a week or two weeks, will be Half-Life 2 Episode 1. And at some point we'll work out how to play Half-Life Alex because that's on the list as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that when we work out how to do it. Yes. So, yeah, we're not not sure um, if, like Dan's just said, we're not sure if we're going to be releasing Half-Life 2 Episode 1 next week or the week after. Um, But if you want to know, just just keep keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter account and I'll... um, 
I'll update accordingly. But in the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, as always, the email is the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So if you want to leave us a comment, a like, or a follow, subscribe, or whatever, you'd be more than welcome and it would be much appreciated. And yeah, as always, we appreciate you listening. I'm going to do a little call to action as well. Recently, Spotify has started to allow you to rate the podcasts that you listen to, quite similar to what you can do on Apple Podcasts. If you're a listener of this podcast on Spotify and you'd like to give us a rating, whether that's five stars or, I mean, please don't give us a one-star rating. I mean, why are you listening if you're giving us a one-star rating? But if you'd be kind enough to give us a rating, uh, we'd really appreciate it because it helps with the algorithms and more people finding us and helps our growth. And it takes literally two seconds when you're on our page, on your phone or your tablet or laptop or wherever you listen to us. But yeah, that's pretty much everything from me. Uh, Anything to conclude from you? No, that's it from me. Excellent. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the episode. Happy New Year. We look forward to seeing you in a week or two for Half-Life 2 Episode 1. And in the meantime, stay safe. Cheerio. Happy New Year and see you on the next one.